to do with these intros anymore, but this is podcast 155, and we have uh, a regular podcast host back back on, Mitch Davies. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, who is this guy? Trap <laughs> me. Yeah. I think you guys done what, 155 on 154 of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Close, that's for sure. Eagle definitely hasn't changed. Yeah, that's that's sure. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming uh, on, Mitch. Um, no, thanks for having me, guys. This weekend was uh, a big tournament out in uh, Ontario for you guys, and out here in Alberta, Saskatchewan, BC, we had open qualifying for the zones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, had, big had a chance to look at some of your uh, some of your qualifying results. Uh, Dex, congrats on winning. Um, <laughs> Carrie, I've been there. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Timmy, I've never been in your shoes, man. But uh, congrats to you. No, congrats to you too, though, for being picked as coach. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great weekend. Um, yeah. I'm, Mitch, I'm Mitch, Mitch messaged me like a couple hours after and said, uh, "Make sure to send a video of you guys at, at the open and uh, send it back to Tim." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I, that's." That doesn't work. He's going to be there. He's coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be there regardless. Um, Yeah. It's a little bit weird not making the team after like 10 straight years, but uh, we have a good zone. And, and, you know, and I looked at it. If anybody watched me all weekend, um, if I needed to shoot a shot in 10 or anywhere in the game, it was a pick. I was absolutely dog shit. So for me, for me to be where I was and for me not to shoot a shot, I needed to shoot all weekend. Not saying it makes me feel any better, but uh, I definitely get more points than I thought I should have deserved on the weekend. So um, I, I wasn't very good. That being said, I'm a little bit you know nervous and excited to be a, a mixed team coach. And I will throw it out there: I did have a little bit of a periodic glance of the preliminary lane draw, and I do play carry first. Oh, our team does. Oh. So uh, I might not be able to dog him this year, but I can definitely maybe other players can dog him. So uh, well, there'll be a little bit of dodge. gamesmanship. That, it's well, a, there's a D and an E in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why are you dogging him? Because I'm barking. I'm barking all up here, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey but but Carrie, but Carrie, it's not going to be at Bonnie Dune this year. So you know what I mean? Like it's going to be okay, right? Yeah. It, well, <laughs> I used to think I was a heck of a grinder, but Innisvale took it to me. I can tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, obviously we have like another like ten or fifteen minutes to talk about this. So, like, um, how do you feel about like mixed emotions? Obviously, because you know you want to be on that men's team with a couple of the guys that you grew up with, and you know, but you also get to be on a mixed team. So, like, I mean, and it's a good experience, obviously. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel? How how do you feel? Um, obviously, I was disappointed. I had a chance going into ten. I needed to throw the double to pass Victor to make men's team. Okay. Um, unfortunately, didn't. I threw the first one, didn't throw the second one. So end up on the mixed team, but it's uh, kind of neat because we have three rookies. Um, one of the guys just started playing five years ago, or came back to the game five years ago. One guy is super young, um, Wyatt. First, so first year at YBC. So yeah, oh, wow. like it's gonna be it's gonna be a neat dynamic, and obviously I'm a senior on the team, so it'll be uh, fun to lead those guys, and I might get I, a little bit of playing time. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful I'm, I'm for certain that. you will. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? The, the way I look at it is uh, I think both are eager to learn and want to get experience, and I think they're going to be great team players. Uh, yeah. If anybody pops on to the uh, 5PL, Mitch Rio, our backroom guy. Uh, yeah. Mitch, made, yeah. made, and, and Mitch, Mitch can play. He gets on a roll, and he's 
and he's really good. So yeah, um, really happy for Mitch. And we have a, like a couple of veterans too. Like Robin's been on a couple ladies teams. She's been on some mixed yeah. teams. Um, Peggy Eric Chose's mom is playing. Um, she's okay. been on a, a few mixed teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen, she's kind of. I've seen Karen around quite a bit. I know she's played for a while. Um, she was an alternate the one year and then the, she qualified the one year and COVID happened. So mm. um, it's nice for her to get a, a chance to play. So really good. Um, Dex, four of the six guys are returning. You and somebody else is filling in. Sorry, I forget. Jeremy Simchuk. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah, good guy. Great yeah. guy. Great player too. So you yeah. guys got a fantastic team, obviously. Um, yeah. Looking to repeat. I'm very, very excited. Very excited. Um I've wanted to play with Adam Kemp for a long time. We talk about it every year. It's like, hey, we're going to make it. We're going to make it together. And either I make it or he he doesn't or he makes it and I don't. And mm-hmm. So it's nice that we finally get to play together. And I'm really excited to play with Ty. Obviously, I'm really excited to play with Adam and, and um, Brad. Adam and Brad. Um, played with them lots. Awesome playing with them. But I haven't gotten the opportunity to play with Ty. Um, so super excited for it. Um, yeah. I think that I think that team's going to be good, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun too. Awesome, yeah. Um, you obviously won your zone. Uh, you know, you were going beast mode obviously day one at Barney Dune. Uh, how how, <laughs> how did that go? Like obviously, you know, the mental prowess, everybody like just seeing all the strikes shot around you. Like, how does that? Do you have to just kind of block it out? Yeah, yeah. And so after podcast last week, we we did a randomized lane draw. Um, it was because Daryl was running it, and we we literally used random.org, and we, we randomized the lists, and then Daryl just punched it in, and uh, it was 100% random, but I ended up playing with Ty and Katie, and then mm-hmm. the three of us basically just fucking laughed our asses off for, you know, 10 games. So it was pretty easy to, um, to block out the other stuff, too. I mean, watching Weber shoot a perfect game, a couple okay. lanes over is let's go to Adam. You lost forty nine sticks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 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 so let's talk about that. People out there don't realize. Um, I swear to God, Weber has a horseshoe out of his ass. Whether it's his up throwing away the last ball in qualifying, so he can get a singles, and and it just all this stuff. Weber's career is defined by horseshoes. Okay, oh, okay. So, so, <laughs> so, 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 so I will say this: you talk real um, different when you're not on his team. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't no, matter. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Before yeah. it's fucking so, dick sucking galore, and all of a sudden, <laughs> now it's <laughs> and now he lets it out, eh? It, it, it's cocktail weenies, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're supposed to play on thirty three, thirty four. It blows like the the electrical blows in the back, and people are getting corners. It's not a really good set, um, but I mean, I, I mean, compared to like the rest yeah, of the yeah. center, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he goes. The next game he has to play. He's on thirty one, thirty two. Has to go to. 17 18 throws the perfect game and then he goes back so oh, come on so i will say nobody else got to play that set right away well, and and it is what it is but i said and then adam's like man you know what if i don't get to move that set i probably don't throw the perfect game and he had like five or six garbage strikes him and kemper on each set uh the sets beside <laughs> each other and kemp and them had five in a row that were should have been complete like corners or chops or head bricks picks. The bricks and they're all laughing the whole time. And I said, I looked over. He th- I said he throws the first one in ten. Yeah, Obviously, he's got. It. He's going to throw it. But I literally 
I was doing the video. That was my video. And I was ready to go down there and get in his face and ask him how much he fucked up. If he, if he hung 12. <laughs> Just as what we all talked about last podcast. Yeah. And he said, and, he, and he's up there. He's like, he knew. He knew it was coming. He knew. So he's like, I had to throw the strike. So Patrick was in today, a listener of the podcast. He was in on the bowling alley today. And he said, Carrie talked about it last week. When you're filming the perfect game, don't just end it right after. I yeah, I get it. And, I and the, wh- he had the fist pump. Mike's wrong. He's a bomber's fan, right? And then he was like, Tim just ended it right away. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, it was easy to block out most of it because, especially day one, when you're shooting well, you don't have to worry about the other scores. You really yeah. don't have um, to. You're just trying to put up a, a decent number I, of points the first game and then uh, a day and move on. So, so you don't even have to look at the, the it's results, crazy. really. Um, I know, I know people in Alberta, I see it's a trend from pro league teams sharing congratulations to who makes what team. I want to point out that the dream crushers, everybody except for myself made it, even our emergency spares. And so if that doesn't tell you, like, who's the top team. team. Yeah. You you know what? See you later. Right. Next gen. And, and, and and I, I, next gen didn't do it. I don't, I don't see next gen on there. Just. Just the Brad and Ty show again, right? But if they don't have Ty and Maltese, they win the fucking thing last year. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, the, the other thing I really want to point out on a, on a serious note, um, I know Gary Barry made a post about his father, right? And, and unfortunately, his father passed away Saturday morning just before he played. And hell of a job, Gary. Gary going out there, shooting the way he did, coming in second. Um I, I, I could never do that, I don't think. I, I wouldn't be able to be focused. Gary did a great job. I really have to commend him for that. Uh, sorry to hear that, Gary, if you're yeah, listening. I, I could tell you, it was a, it was a rough morning. Yeah. Um, Gary letting us know that he was going to play after his dad passed. and <clears throat> Yeah, it was a little whirlwind of emotions for a lot of people, but yeah, Gary played unreal. Yeah. Um, I did want to switch gears there really quick. I'm sorry to hear that, obviously. Um bring it to a lighter note here uh timmy i saw you missed by about 100 but yeah. rylan and jordan had just missed out by about 20 and 10 or 15 sticks yeah. did it come down to them uh to a moment or yeah you know what it, it was super close there was about before the i shit the bed in 18 19 it was about six of us in spots for three spots because cody was dropping um a little bit and then he picked it up the last couple games but there were six mm-hmm. of us and um, I Brett just came out unglued uh, Mapstone game nineteen. He he played Unreal, and you know Brett it doesn't really do a whole lot. I've known Brett and we've been good friends for a long time, and I just he, I saw the look in his face right, and I knew that he was dialed in. He doesn't do it often, but when he does. And That's the it, face it, he makes when he's about to murder somebody, though. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like that face sometimes. It's I don't know. Yeah. Me. And, <laughs> and and you know what? It, Jordan was super close. Rylan was super close, but. Um, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think Brett had to shoot a four bagger or something to finish. Like he, he, Oh, Brett did. Yeah. Brett, Brett finished up his game. Right. And, um, so really like it was great to watch all around. Right. Um, there was maybe a little bit of an issue with St. Albert again with, um, he's learning how to use the scoring system. So there was a little bit of an issue where people thought they made the team and didn't make the team. Oh, because he didn't do the stats properly because he didn't drag and drop it in there. It's not like sure bulls ever done that. No, 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 no. We've been very uh, good about that kind of stuff. There's been but, a couple times. Yeah, but he, but he, but he, he's learning. But it was good. It was, it was great to watch, right? And felt bad for Jordan. 
right? But uh, I think we can maybe convince Jordan to come down as an alternate just to get the experience for the so, Open. So besides the winners, let, let's just pick on the Edmonton Open a little bit. So besides the winners, who's the standout player, men and lady? Uh, I think Tyler. I tell you what, I watched Huge. Tyler. Watch Tyler on Saturday, on Saturday in a tough center. Not maybe not Hopedale tough, but <laughs> Snellbert in a tough center, and uh, he played unreal. Like he played unreal, and he, and he and he had a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. He's unreal to watch. Um, for the ladies, I thought Katie played very well. In, you know, in in, in everything, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm super yeah. stoked for Katie. You know, she's she kind of self-defecates every year and she's like, I'm always stuck between fourth and sixth, fourth and sixth. I can never make singles and she finally gets to play singles and she's so fucking good. It's nice that she's actually going to get that opportunity because she deserves it. Had to kick her in the ass in like game 16 or something like that, but she actually listened. So it was good. That's a a miracle. If you you look at other zones and and especially in, in Alberta, um, if we're just talking about Alberta, Calgary's day one team teams compared to day two teams, I haven't seen such a drastic change. Mm. And, and I think that's if you're a viewer, it's great to watch because the parity across the board was it was quite something. So I think I think everybody follows the Edmonton uh, contingent, like how it's going to go across the like literally everybody like everybody across the country watches that because you want to see the scores from Bonnie Dune, and you know you got seventy people trying out for two. T- for these teams, right? So, and you guys are a hotbed, obviously, for the for bowling. So, I think everybody follows it because, like, even on Sunday morning when I'm getting ready to go play, I'm, I'm looking at the scores when I'm here for breakfast, and I'm just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. And then you just start looking at it, like, wow, 27 guys or whatever it was over 250. Um, but like, yeah, you know, that's just the nature of the beast with Bonnie Dune, and you guys have obviously top level players. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh... Edmonton could uh, be a little bit better on their stats in the last three games, but whatever. That's perfect. Do you know what? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I will say, we'll say, um, it's just, you know, me and Daryl just grind our, our lights out out there. We're going to worry about ourselves at that point, so. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. We just, uh, we, just, we just got a little bit busy, yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, obviously lots, lots of open talk. Um, we can't cover it all because obviously we know there was tons of zones playing. We picked on our zones a little bit, but um, we should just move on and bring in our special <laughs> guest. And uh... Sorry, before we do it, again, congratulations to Adam Weber on his perfect game, but I also want to throw out a congratulations to Clint Chevrier. Oh, yeah. Clint Chevrier. Oh, yeah. Um, at Whitewater. Doing a perfect game on, is that Monday or two, uh, Monday? Oh. Is it a Sunday yeah. night or Monday? I didn't even know that. That's, uh, that's phenomenal. Congratulations to him. Yeah, it's okay. two perfect games. Now you can do whatever you want, Kerry. <laughs> I don't want to anymore. Uh, we'll just do a little self-promotion here. So for as little as $2 a month, you can Patreon at patreon.com slash 5pinuniverse. Help support us bring these podcasts to your faces every week. And uh, yeah, have a little bit of fun doing it. So without further ado, we have the 2023 Hopedale Classic Champion. Bob Bokage, 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 Bokage. How are you? Thanks. Good. How are you doing? Good. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. glad to be here. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> just glad to be here. That's, that's, that's like Mitch's MO. You know? I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. Um, they pay congratulations. Me. How are you feeling after the weekend? Uh, surprisingly very good. I was, uh, I think, what, 21 games on Sunday. That was much more than I ever expected to bowl. So, uh, But I felt good physically. I felt really good, even on Monday. So very happy. Awesome. Have you come down from the high yet? Uh, yeah, well, back to work Monday, so that, that puts a, a damper on things. Really. <laughs> you didn't win enough to retire? Bob's <laughs> been under pressure. He threw a perfect game for ten grand. I think he understands pressure. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I like to think so. Um, so let's, let's go through this. Mitch, obviously you're a big component of the Hopedale, uh, tournament being a thing for club tour and, uh, help building it out. So let's start from kind of how you got the amount of entries you did, how Hopedale played out. Uh, I think it's a variety of things, obviously like, so we needed to find a new center cause Neb said they weren't going to take the January one. They, uh, they're too busy obviously. And, and so we had to find a new center and I asked Jeff, you know, I'll take it. Um, I tried a couple centers uh, in the area of the GTA. I wanted to stay around the GTA slash GHA area. And I tried a couple and with no luck. And then I finally, I went to Hopedale for year, year end last year for masters. And I had a conversation I'm like, would you guys be open to it? And they're like, yeah, let's have a conversation. So went for a meeting in the summer, we went over all the logistics. We went over uh, prices, everything like that. And I, they're like, oh, how many, you know, how many entries can you give us? Like, how, how? I'm like, I have no idea, man. I, I said, I can't guarantee you anything. I, I have no idea. I said, we've ne- we haven't had less than 140 in a couple, like five or six years, but I, I don't know, right? They're like, well, I don't know if we're gonna make money or not. I'm like, I don't know. So they, at the end of the day, they took a chance on us, just like we took a chance to like go somewhere else that had never ran a tournament of that magnitude before. And uh, we got it done. So uh, I want to thank Hopedale, obviously, Ron and Linda Watson. They took a huge chance on us, and, and uh, thank you very much to them. Um, but, yeah, we worked on it from, say, July all the way. It's kept in constant communication all year. Uh, we got out the entries. And I think the biggest components, obviously, bowling right now, guys, is, is hot for as far as tournaments go. Is, the, is it the, the WCBT? Is it like nebs being a huge component of it i think it's a variety of things like it's just we're getting exposure and people want to be a part of things now so when nebs runs a club tour in the middle of august and we have 320 entries right that's obviously a huge component from or a huge factor from you guys right and you guys having all the uh, all this exposure that you bring forward as well well honestly i was talking to bob before this you guys got 197 entries um this tournament which is really good um especially when you consider that this is on like basically the national open qualifying weekend for most zones in canada right well, so that's impressive that's really impressive actually here's the the most impressive part to me is our our uh province historically has been lackluster for participation in general and 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 everybody and everybody knows that uh, uh, like it's it's everywhere. The only one tournament that usually everybody plays would be be the Open, uh, and we saw it at Nebs where it was pretty much a fifty fifty thing from out of province to in province to have three hundred twenty entries. The most impressive part to me is I think we had one hundred twenty five individuals, one hundred twenty seven. It was something like around that number, and we had eleven Americans. We had two BC 
uh, one Northern and like five Quebec. So at the end of the day, we only had 20 people that were not from our mm-hmm. province to play this tournament. So we still had 120 or 105 to 110 players from our province to play this, yes. which I was like super surprised with. Yeah. That was that's, what, a that's what you trend. need. Yeah, that's yeah. what you need to run these tournaments. So yeah. you have to show that you're going to have participation in front of the people around you. And and for the most part, we got what I had tried to, to accomplish was I wanted this to be in the GTA so that way we could get players from Hamilton, get players from Central. Central historically doesn't send that many players, but they probably sent around 12. to they And they have another 10 probably that could play. It's just they they sent more players than, than ever before probably. And that was a huge thing for me. We needed to see that we were going to get these people if we're going to continue this. Um, 197s are our second most entries that we've ever had. Uh, we'll never, like, club tour at Nebs will never be able to be competed with, right? Just impossible. So yeah. on our scale, like, you know, if you guys have uh, Heritage, you know, Heritage is 20 lanes. You guys can, you know, possibly beat that, right? So though, on your scale with your promotions and your sponsorship money and all that stuff like that, it all, it's huge. You guys can get that. Um, but we, we don't, I think we're, I think we sold ourselves short because we lost probably 15 people in the last like seven days. Oh, so, it, always hap- it always happens though. Yeah, it always happens. Yeah. But there was a couple people that I didn't expect it to happen with. And it's just, it happens. You just got to take it, roll with it and move on. Yeah. It, 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 it pisses you off. I mean, because you, you plan on these people being here. It's like, you know that you're not going to be able to make it. Why don't yeah. you tell me ahead of time, right? Yeah, I hate <laughs> that so much. I hate it so much. Um... But yeah. you can't you can't get mad you can't get frustrated with it you just got to be like okay thanks for letting me know because uh, at, yeah. at the end of the day it's better that you know that they're not coming than yes. maybe waiting five minutes and not and then and and they don't come anyways or you try to contact them and they don't answer or they whatever you know these things happen so it's better off that you just let us know that you're not coming because no one you know no one's gonna hate you for it it's just it happens yeah um, I just want to preface this for people listening the fans the audience. Um, Bob has been on our podcast before, Podcast 73. So if you want to hear more background stuff about Bob's career and stuff like that, that's the podcast to listen to. We're going to kind of focus on Hopedale and Bob's success at the Hopedale this year. Um, but so how did the tournament structure work? Like obviously um, us being at open qualifying, we didn't really follow the tournament as much. So if you wouldn't mind like, elaborating um, eight game qualifier, several different shifts, what was the Sunday format like and all that good stuff? Yeah, so we didn't have a Thursday event this year. We're going to be looking to bring a Thursday event to Nebs this year in, Oct- in August, which we announced the dates for them all the, uh, uh, this past weekend. I think it's August 19th to the 21st. Uh, but it'll probably be the 18th to the 21st because we are going to bring in a Thursday event this year. Um, so it was four shifts Friday, mor- or, yeah, Friday morning uh, at 8, 8 for 8.30 and 130 shift on Friday afternoon. Uh, it was 48 max and 64 max. We got 40 on the first shift, which was the exact number that I was like, okay, if we can hit this, we should hit 200. And then we hit 197, obviously. But we hit that. Um, we ha- the, Of course, Bob here, by the way. Bob, on the first ball, throws a chop off, and the sensor breaks on lane two. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. I'm glad I allotted for time, you know, apparently. But... Uh, <laughs> We started. We started at eight thirty-two. Uh, we got all the announcements in. We had a major sponsor in Steve Zimmerman Home Guard, so I brought. He, he was there as well. He had a bunch of setups um, uh, for his business as well. Uh, lots of conversations we had with him. So we started at eight thirty-two, um, and we, our, our first shift ended at one forty-five. So we were behind a little bit, but I allotted for that with the Bakers at nine o'clock. We actually finished around 
eight o'clock the second shift. So we still had about an hour to do whatever. Um, and the Bakers started at nine o'clock. Uh, we had a full 16 teams. Uh, the team of, well, I could go through the shifts here, I guess, really quick. But I know Bob actually did make it on his first shift. He had in 1999, and right after the first shift, I told Bob he was going to be good because um, Hopedale doesn't score very well. Uh, it's not a huge scoring center, uh, and it was evident right away that it was not going to be a, a big score uh, cut. So, yeah, Thursday event at Nevzal. Breaking news. Um, so uh, I told Bob right away, and that was like pretty much – that was one of the highlights of that shift was that the winner came from there. But we had Colby D'Antonis, an American who has played five pin only four games the day before the first time. And he shoots 23-20 or whatever. But his ball was working awesome for the center. He had a ton of turn and he got it out to pretty much the arrows and just absolutely lit the place up. It was crazy. Uh, just like how well he was doing and how well he – like they're oblivious sometimes to bad breaks, right? Because they come from a tough, a tough game. Yeah, uh, does he not hold a record in duckpin as well? Uh, if Jeffy's watching, Jeffy could probably let you know here. Yeah. Uh, I, I but, think I remember seeing that actually. Yeah, yeah the, the, the same weekend, Jonathan Cowan broke a record. I think Colby yeah. broke the record again, or something, something like that. Yeah. There was a record breaking going on, and and I think John John had the house record or something like that at one point too that same day. Yeah, or something like that. But it scored. That place obviously scored extremely well. Um, yeah, so Colby goes nuts. Uh, so we have the first two shifts. They all ran on time, except for the 15 minutes the first, the first shift. Uh, we go to the Bakers, and that finished around 12.15, 12.30. So it was perfect timing for allow, to allow people to come by the next day. Uh, Andrea uh, Disher was doing all the scores and stats. And I tell you, man, I haven't seen some, like, obviously you guys run top shelf you don't have to keep talking but, us up, but <laughs> no, but no, it's true. It's true though. Like everything I learned though, everything I've ever learned was from you guys and Al. Like that is it. Like I asked you and Tim and Dex, they could tell you. Like I, I called Dexter like the day before, and I messaged him the day before, and I'm asking you, them questions about Excel files. I'm asking them questions about uh, ProScore. I'm asking them about time uh, time displays. I'm checking their website for result reasons of how I can do the times because that's what you learn from. You learn from what is the best that what we've seen. So I'm checking all these things. Um, yeah. So they had the scores out right away on time within maybe five or six frames of the game before or the, the next game. Sorry. So they were awesome. Steve was doing all the streaming and that was fantastic as well. Uh, I left him out of my thank you posts. So I had to apologize to him for that. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, <laughs> he probably got a laugh out of it. Yeah, he did. And then he and then uh, he he posted in the 05 bowling school that Bob was going to be on here today, and he and he didn't put my name on purpose. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think he also said there would be any swearing too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh Ooh. no! Oh no! <laughs> so there's probably some kids watching right now. Um, we bowl, we had the, uh, second and third shift was eight for eight thirty on the Saturday. And then, uh, obviously the big shift, which was 60, uh, 68, I think the last shift, um, uh, in the afternoon on the Saturday. And then we had a private event on the Saturday night as well. 
um, yeah. <laughs> Just so you guys know, pri- private event was ha- did happen in Ontario. Private events happen. Um, is, is there is there a lot of like twenties that float around? Because we can this any way you want. It sounds like it could be a strip club for sure. It could be. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it was uh, it was a side, b side. Uh, we do it the traditional way. Um, a side uh, seated and three game match play. B side random three game match play. Uh, finished roughly at the exact moment uh, that I said it would, 7 o'clock at night. Uh, and I was surprised with the amount of people that we had in there all weekend. On the Saturday afternoon, I did a little head count just to see where we were at because I want to see. I had projections for myself this weekend of how Hopedale would do, and I had projections of how the tournament would do. And at one point, we had 150 people in a 16-lane center um, on the Saturday afternoon. So I was really happy with that, that people were showing up to hang out, not only play – but hang out as well. And then on Sunday, um, didn't do a head count, but I would have to say it was probably up there of like 70 or 80 people that were watching uh, throughout the day. And I think even around 50 or 60 when Bob won. Wow. It was it was pretty cool, yeah. That people stuck around. Uh, they usually don't hear. So it was awesome that we're trying to build something and, and we were able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, can't speak too much for how Bob played because I was doing a bunch of things on Sunday after I was out. So uh, maybe Bob can let you know how his day went. Yeah, I think we, this is a good transition. We kind of got the layout of the tournament. Bob, what was your experience and how did you take down the class or take down the tournament? Um, well, starting with the qualifying, it wasn't, uh, as Mitch said, the, the 1999 on Friday. Uh, I didn't, wasn't sure that I would make it. I think I was seventh after that shift, but uh, there were still a lot of players to come through after that. So um, when I saw that, I just figured, I thought I could best or be better on the Saturday morning. So that's part of the reason why I came back out. Um, and then it was pretty dicey down to the last, uh, I think in going into the last game of the last shift, my score was 39th. 30, no, maybe I was around 34th. At that oh, point. yeah. I dropped as low as 40th uh, throughout the last three or four games. So uh, it was a bit dicey, but there was three or four people that struggled the last game and that uh, allowed me to move into the cut. So ended up always, always a lot of movement in the last game. It's yes. crazy, yeah. crazy watching. Yeah. Every, uh, every shift, though, it would you would see about usually like that, but it was probably like five to six to seven people every shift that were in the cut projected and just dropped out. Like because the scoring, if you push the ball there, like you you couldn't get strikes. You had to stay loose. You had to stay fluent. Uh, if you pushed it, you were screwed. So mm-hmm. you saw it a lot in the last game where people were getting were getting roasted or just couldn't make the shots. Obviously, but it was probably every shift six or seven people that were in the cut would fall out. Yeah. Um, and as he said, Colby, I, I played with Colby on the Friday morning and he was, uh, so consistent. I think he, he probably was the only one, we had a 225 and over pot. So I think it was only him and Ian that, that shared that. Uh, but Colby was, didn't have a game under that. So he was very, very consistent. Whereas mine was, uh, I, I had one 370 game and another 320 game and the rest were, you know, struggle. So, um, there's lots of ways to get to the cut line, but mine was uh, was all over the place. But just glad to get there, right? Carrie, do you remember when you did that stat of like lowest game mm-hmm. thrown but still making cut? Um, Bob, like one sixty one. Yeah, but like that's <laughs> but that's awesome though, right? I mean, yeah. like 
Now, there's 161 in game two, and you've found a way to get back and get into the cut line. Like, that's that's a really important lesson for people. Like, just because you have a slow start doesn't mean that you can't find your way back in. Yeah. Especially when you're in a tougher center. You shoot, shoot a buck 61 in Regina, you might have, you might. No, you're you going next, tough. you're going next shift. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> going to the next shift. That's where you're going. <laughs> but you can also shoot, you know, a couple four hundreds in Regina, and then they'd be right back in it too. So yeah, that's all it takes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> a couple fours, no big deal. <laughs> that's right. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was six picks in that one sixty-one game. Yeah, that'll so do it. Just, that'll um, do it real quick. I think I told a few people of my nineteen ninety-nine. I think eight hundred and fifty of that was in twenty-five frames. And then the rest was in the other 55. So it was not not consistent at all. But uh, as you said, you just grind it out. And I managed to. Uh, um, to give you guys momentum. To give you guys a reference of how tough it did play this weekend, and not to say that this was any slight on Hopedale, uh, the owners. Like they tried their best, and and they 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 do their best. Um, there was only two nine hundreds the entire weekend to start a shift or or be played in all playdowns. Mm-hmm. And they were both by the same guy, Dave Biscardi, on Sunday. The highest there was was Sylvan had 899, and the next highest I think was like 865 or something like that. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's how tough that was. Normally you got somebody over 950 or even 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and another reference here, sorry, uh, Ian Gavell, who I may have, you know, had as a horsey somewhere. Um, and, and, and Ian's yeah, a real player. And Ian's a, Ian's a top five player in the province. He's an awesome player. Um, he was winning a, a match with 352 for two by 20. <laughs> by 20. By 20. Yeah. And then he was shut out in 29 frames when the guy had finished with 545. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, that that text message you sent me, I literally laughed out loud at work. Yeah. That 545. I think it was 548 or something like that, yeah. Because Ian just got to 501 to be shut out in 29 frames. Uh, was that against Mark? Uh-huh. It was 555 to 501. There you go, 555. Oh, my God. Sorry. He shot a, he clutched up at uh, 223. Oh, yeah. Mark threw a double and 10 to get that, I think. I'm pretty sure. So, okay, I'm, I'm not – I'm just mind-blowing because, I mean, like, I see – Manitoba was tough. We're e- we've been playing on a lot of easy centers, which is we're we're lucky, right? But I mean, oh, yeah. we play a harder center like what you guys have. Now that being said, Bob, I know you you're central president down there, so you played Hopedale a lot. Did that help you like be be okay and understand what we were getting yourself into? Where a lot of these players weren't ready for that, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've been playing well there the last few years. Um, uh, I think Mitch mentioned earlier, but I, in the ten game qualifying first uh, first week there, I shot twenty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've been playing well there, so I'm very comfortable in that house. So that, that certainly helped me going into the tournament. I thought not that I had any expectations of winning it, but I I thought I could play well enough to make the cut. Right? There was uh there was three main shots that were kind of working on the weekend. It was uh, Bob's was obviously top shelf where he's playing a hard angle from the. It didn't matter if you were left or right. If you were playing an angle with turn, you could score. Uh, the slow ball, we had our we had our most ever women make the cut, uh, five. Mm-hmm. Five had made it. And going in the last game, there was another three of the last shift that were in the cut. It could have been a total of eight. But 
Um, five is our most that we've ever had make it for women. Slow ball was definitely working. And uh, they, it was evident too, like the Americans, they, they throw the ball out. They loft it pretty good. So if you lofted it, you could get some, uh, get some scores as well. Yeah. Yeah, five so, women and four duck pinners in the, in the cut. So. Yeah. That's really neat. That is a really neat stat. Um, yeah. Just, sorry, uh, synthetics? Synthetic, yeah. Dry. Extremely dry. <laughs> Extremely dry. <laughs> Very dry. Oh, oh, Mitchie. Oh, Mitchie, yeah. Yes, uh, sorry, Bob, continue. No, that's all right. No, that's good. Uh, so that, yeah. So and then um, the the uh, the Sunday went uh, well, obviously very well, but uh, it didn't start off that great. I was against Dave Biscardi the first match on the A side, and he opens up with nine nine in a row. Um, so that took me out of the A side fairly quick. Uh, Can't be that tough, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think did he have a nine hundred? That is that one of his sets that we had a nine hundred? Yeah, I was uh, eight eight ninety three. Yeah, I, I, I was for. I mean, I kind of looked at all your stats before I came on here. You didn't have an easy match. Like you look at all the players you played, you didn't have an easy match. Your first game on the B side, uh, you ended up. It's kind of foreshadowing the the finals, right? You played Walt at the same time there. Uh, I think I was DJ on the first one. Yeah, DJ oh, first, and then Walt. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, uh, and then you played Sean Barrow, who's a good player. Maxime's a good player, and Bobby once again is going to be a bridesmaid again. But you can't put a runner-up on there. You maybe put an asterisk beside top four this time for him. But, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but you, you you play some real hard players, like and good yeah. and good people, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean, I, I was. If any match was. Uh, more worrisome. Sean was rolling super all day, so I would, coming up against him, I was really thought he'd just uh, um, roll right over me there because he was playing so well uh, all day. So yeah, so yeah, it was no easy matches. It never is, right? Anybody that make, makes the cut is always going to be a tough match. Bobby, Bobby was looking good, and then uh, I think he had you, didn't he? Ha didn't he have you, Bob, for a bit? Um, I had uh, I had a lead on him. After two, and then I opened the first four frames, I think, in that third game, and then he caught back up. Um, so yeah, it went down to the tenth, and I think I had forty-three or something. Just got If yeah. I open up again, then he's got a chance. He, he probably beats me. So. Yeah, Bobby was locked in. He was looking pretty good. Uh, you know, for a bit there, you thought he might have got, might have got it done. Uh, he's still looking for that, yeah, elusive number one. But he, mm -hmm. uh, I thought he was going to have it, have it all the way. But uh, Bob was just so consistent all day. Uh, yeah, I, I was uh, very, man. very fortunate. Um, that yeah, I someone was did able that. To... Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. um, I was very fortunate that, uh, the, as we talked about before, the speed was the key. So I was able to keep my speed pretty consistent all day. So I was on the side. Because uh, if you get too much speed, you start pushing it, then you're chopping and, and kicking. So I, I stayed away from that all day. And if I felt I was getting in trouble, I was able to just move a board or two and and uh, and get back online so uh, it was very um, very very good day for sure yeah you played walt in the finals and yeah. walt was rolling pretty good and you struggled to start didn't you yes i i guess i was a bit nervous but yeah i think I, again i opened the first four or five frames and then uh, i ended up coming out of the first game with a 10 pin lead or something because yeah I mean, you threw like a you threw like a five or six bagger to finish for like 250 yeah. 
Yeah. And I had a big second game. Um, and he struggled. He started, he was chopping. I think he had, did he have four or five chops oh. to four, seven frames and he spared all of them. But you know uh, what? It was, uh, I think he was getting a little bit frustrated. So. You know, actually, I want to bring that up for you guys because you guys mm -hmm. are both bowling alley owners here. So I would like to know what you guys would have done. So Walt had uh, a ball that had been repaired and you could tell it had been repaired. So now Walt had been playing really well all day with this ball, but this ball would have a ball jam probably every third ball every mm -hmm. second frame so they told so anyways wasn't going to tell him to take it off was i was not going to tell him to take it off because he was playing so well so what would you guys have done in that instance because this was probably another five matches to go let him play it's, it's obviously something i think the deals with ours is you gonna jam on it is it on every lane or just his lane it ended up being every lane yeah. Uh, but did he, did he have a problem during qualifying uh, I think he did, and he ended up switching the ball anyways. So he it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a center factor. He changed it because he wanted to, and then he went back to it in playdowns. Okay, I I, I I that's a tough. If it just happened on those set of lanes, I would say let him play. But I that's a tough call. I don't know uh, what if it's happened yeah. every time on every set of lanes. That's an issue, right? I so. tried I tried to move him off one set of lanes. So we tried that. I asked him both. It was he was playing Forrester at the time, and I said, hey. You guys want to try a different lane? He's like, oh, it's because because uh, Walt told me he was like it was on uh, eleven twelve that that had happened on, and it was on fifteen sixteen that it was happening on before, and he was just saying it's only on these two lanes. It's only on these two lanes. like all right, man. Like let's do you want to move to thirteen fourteen? It's open. There's only two matches or three matches going on a time or whatever it was, right? And I said, do you want to move? And I uh, he was beating Forrester with after like fifteen frames, but only by a little bit. And I said, listen, guys. Like, once you make this decision, though, we go to 13-14, you stay there. You're not going back. It's just it is what it is. Uh, if you want to try it, we can. If you don't, let's well, not. They said both agreed to it. We went to 13-14, and it continued to happen. So there was no – at that point, you just knew it was going to happen all day. What, 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 why was it jamming? Is it, like, too big? Was uh, it I'm not totally old? sure, like, what it could have been because – so what, obviously what kind of could, bowling ball was it? It was an old Comet. Okay. Yeah, it was an old Comet. So – I'm not sure if it's like altered and it was like, okay, maybe there's a weight distribution problem there because of like you've put epoxy in it and all of a sudden like maybe there's like not enough weight on all angles and it's not getting up the hill. And it's not, it's obviously underground ball returns and it's the one of the ball returns that come down and then, and then they come back around, right? Like they mm -hmm. come out this way. Oh, it's the 10 pin lifting mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. With, so, the, with, the, with the belts, those are so silly. But it, it was not a, a, it was not even getting to the, Oh, no, it was it was hitting something or so we're not, something. We're not sure if it was the ball or maybe the racks are not cleaned enough or something. Like I'm not sure. Like obviously there I didn't want only, to speculate. It was only him. Yeah, only his ball. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That that's a tough call. If it's gonna be all day and it's only him, that's that's tough. That's tough. I got mm -hmm. I would love to say that if it was if it was like you're the finals match or whatever and it was going, I would I would let him play. Oh, and that's what we and that's what I did do. I didn't let him. I didn't make him change or nothing. And then the owner of the bowling alley, Ron, he had sat there in the finals and the semifinals in the pit, just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think that's probably the right call. But like, if it was happening all day, at some point, maybe you ask him not to. If it's like. If it's all day, yeah, that's crazy. In the finals is one thing. And of course, of course, he's playing awesome. So it's like yeah, I'm not exactly. gonna tell yeah. him to do it. Yeah, I, 
I, it's a rock and a hard place there. I'm just going to say, like, hey, it's going to keep yeah. happening all day if you want to go through the ball, ball gym. And, I, and I'm not totally – like, you could tell at some points it was giving some of the opponents that he was playing, like, a hard time because it's, yeah. like, every frame, right? Yeah. Now, it's and, almost a slow play issue. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, so I was like, well, screw it. Just stick with it, Walt. Sorry, I'm not going to tell you to take it off. So I would have. You would have, Kerry? Would you have or no? Yeah, I would have because yeah. the ball isn't isn't conforming. There's 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 an issue with the ball. Yeah, we had the we had the problem one time at TPC, but it was only on lanes eleven and twelve, um, and it was like one of those big ass Brunswick balls that were like, but it 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 felt massive. It felt bigger than normal. I don't know. It felt weird. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, eventually he just took it off, but. He wasn't really close to the cut anyway, so it wasn't like I, like if it was just one set of lanes, I wouldn't I wouldn't push the issue. Yeah. But because right. it was constantly on all different sets, yeah, the mm-hmm. ball is the issue. It's not the center, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So th- for that reason, I would be like, well, sorry, unfortunately, this ball isn't playable. But yeah, yeah. Um, that that's the issue with our sport. There may may need to be some changes. So. Well, and that's another thing. Like in duckpin, they have rings and they have weights, and 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 they figure out like what your ball if if it's legal or not. We don't do that, right? We don't make sure. Like uh, someone could come out there with a, uh, I don't know, a six inch fucking ball. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I have no idea, right? <laughs> they could, they could, they could come out there with a three, uh, I don't know, a fucking five pound ball. I have no idea. We would have no idea. Right, so I, until I, you have machine issues, right? Machine issues would be the telling factor. Yeah, eventually you would think. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that was that uh, memorable moments of the weekend was yes, uh, a duckpin player, Russ Walton, uh, made a made an adjustment, I think, and his adjustment was to uh, put his hand uh, way over his head, and he hit the bulkhead right above him, and yeah, the ball fell on him. <laughs> And the ball fell on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how tall? Okay, so how tall was he? He's he's tall. He's like six five or six four, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and then so oh, I made the wrong. Bitch. Oh yeah, he's huge. He's like <laughs> double the weight too. He's huge. He's a big dude. Nice guy though. <laughs> he's a great guy. Um, he so he dropped it on himself, went on the other lane, and it went down the lane in the gutter in the other lane. <laughs> <laughs> Legally delivered. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I just let him throw it over again. It was it was very late, and it wasn't going to make it. So I'm like, go ahead, man. <laughs> he's, 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 he's already embarrassed, right? Just, just, yeah, just, let just him, go. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the Duck Pinners did – a bunch of them did come to our league on Thursday to Mountain. So they got a totally different experience of what they were going to have on the weekend. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, our game's our game's super easy. Come on out. <laughs> yeah. The, the four that made the cut, are they the ones that went to Hopedale instead? Some of them did. Some of them went to Hopedale yeah. and Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, that second game there, Bob, 351 in your second, that must have felt really good, eh? You see Walt struggling a little. You see Walt getting a bunch of those chop offs, and you're just rolling. You're just like, okay, let's let's put as much distance between him as we can at that point, right? Yeah, that's uh, traditionally not uh, um, 
not my strong point is putting people away when I have the chance, but I, I, I was it was rolling good there, so I just kept going. And, yeah, as I said, he was getting frustrated, and um, you know, with the chops, and he just started picking, and um, I just had to put that out of my mind. I think Steve asked if the plays helped me, but they didn't. They had no effect on me. I just, you know, uh, sat between between frames and let him do his thing, and then. Uh, I think you could tell that Walt was upset. I think you could tell. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> He's, uh, <laughs> he's, just, he's no, not one to hide his emotions. <laughs> Walt, Walt vocal? Oh, great guy, though. Yeah. yeah. Great, great guy. Great competitor, yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, he thought he was going to be the first American to win, win one. And, yeah, he was playing great all day. And he'd finally taken that run. You know, like, he's had a couple runs even at Regina where I think he's made it in the yeah. eights. Uh, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was nice to see as well this weekend that uh, some players were taking their chances. I think they've kind of realized, you know, you're not always going to make it in one shift. Um, so to see other players play from here to play two or three shifts, even four, I think Forster played four shifts and made it and then ended up making it to the eights. And that just mm-hmm. shows sometimes, like, if you just keep playing, you know, you can you can figure it out eventually. Law of averages, right, Mitch? Law of averages. Law of averages. If I play five shifts, I'm probably going to make it. Yeah, he, uh, he had 398 that last shift too, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then Sean burned him for the thousand bucks. We we did a high game uh, a high game pot. Instead of do, doing an escalating 450, which uh, may be breaking news, uh, we are probably going to be combining three tournaments for an escalating 450 pot. So uh, the two club tours and um, Timmins. Yeah, and Timmins. So I think we're going to be starting that in Timmins in a couple weeks. Uh, but we had a high game pie. It was twenty dollars, and yeah, uh, three ninety eight. I had a bet with Sly saying that there would be a four hundred this weekend. He's like, "There's no way. There's no possible way." <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, Sean went into the uh, into ten on the front nine, uh, just chiseled it. Oh, oh, what do you mean? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just chiseled it and then missed it and hit it for the four hundred one and uh, stole a thousand dollars right out of Forrester's pocket. <laughs> I think you put the pressure on him before that last ball, though, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> nice to see some some names out there on that list. Um, you know, Jaden Lawson. Oh yeah, Jaden showed up. I think he's going to join awesome. our league now too. That's, like, yeah, Jaden was a that great player. Was talented. Oh, like, he, he was, was a great talented. ball, man. Yeah, you could tell he was rusty. Uh, shift one with the Buck Seventeen game one. But yeah. uh, <laughs> you can tell he was rusty. <laughs> he hadn't for, played in a for, while. For people out there, Jaden is Bailey's younger brother, and he has way more talent than Bailey ever has. Mm. I will say that on podcast. Uh, wow. J- yeah. J- yeah. Jaden's natural not athlete. Overrated. Well, he's yeah, not overrated. Jayden, yeah, he's not overrated. Jaden has a natural athlete. He had a scholarship to play for, I think, McMaster. McMaster, yep. Yeah. Is that big guy built like a football player? Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't know who that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you challenge. He played a new challenge out of Alberta for a few years for nationals. Yeah, great bowler. He played in our. He played in our league for a bit. Uh, he was like around two fifty, and then he just came out of nowhere. He ta- I guess he still talks to Sean Barrow, so he just showed up, played two shifts, and he's like, "Yeah, um, he's going to join our league now on Thursdays. I think at Mountain." So that's good. That's he good. lives like five minutes from the bowling alley. I'm like, why even just message me before? But yeah. uh, so now we picked up yeah. a player. Yeah, it's awesome. That's really great. nice kid. It's amazing to see sometimes, like, you know, these cash runs, like, random people come out of nowhere. Like, and I said that to you before, Tex and Tim. I'm like, you know, you guys own a bowling alley in Edmonton. 
and there'll be people that show up to this tournament that you have no idea who they are. Yeah, and yeah, I I always only I know it's a problem when they ask for house shoes. <laughs> yeah, we did have that one time, and it was it was a unique experience. That's for sure. But it's just, it was the same thing this weekend. I was like, there's like half a dozen people. I have no idea who you are, and I've been playing here for thirty years or whatever. And yeah, I have no idea who the, some of these people were. I'm like, okay, man, come on over. It, it, it's it's the sure. worst part when they come up to you. It's like, hey, uh, how's it going, Mitch? You know, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, I don't know you from Adam. Right? Hey, like, hey, oh, then I just get them to buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it happened. It happened. It happened to you in Regina when somebody was upset and you didn't talk to them. I don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Like, why you, <laughs> you talk? To, why you talk to me, Mitch? Well, I don't know you, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> Still in the pot. Um, uh, but, yeah, overall, it was a great weekend. Uh, I think Ron and Linda were extremely happy with the club tour and how it went down. I think it was a profitable weekend for them as well. So um, we look forward to seeing if we're going to be back there next year at Hopedale. I yeah. certainly hope so. I'll vote for that. I bet you do. I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a fantastic weekend. Thanks to Mitch for the organizing everything and everybody else that helped you and Ron and Linda. The sponsors, Steve Zimmerman, big sponsor for the tournament. Dave yeah. Post. Uh, who else was a sponsor? Uh, just, just, Jessica Day, Day. Dr. Jessica Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, everybody that, that puts into these uh, these events, it's amazing. And uh as you said, they're, uh, it's hot right now. Let's uh, hopefully we can keep it going for for a long time. Okay, that okay, okay. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, you look real rattled right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The hotel was fine, but this was okay. It was a Sandman, brand new. It's like five years old. It's not an old uh, hotel at all. Okay, well, Great looking just, hotel. What's up, Timmy? No, I, I just think it's hilarious. She just called you out. I'm... Oh, well, well, I guess there was a... We show up on the Saturday night. And it was a Saturday or Friday night. I can't remember. But there's ambulance and there's cop cars and there's everything going on here. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I guess there was... Uh, Luke St. George was there and he was telling a story about how this one broad... One girl, sorry, was uh, flashing him out the side of a, a window. And there was, like, cops there. and They were trying to find her or something like that. And eventually they started hiding away. Anyways, that the whole point of the story is I go back the next day and I tell Linda about the hotel of where we're staying. She goes, isn't that like the hotel where they charge by the hour? And there's like all this crime and everything like that. And it's human trafficking and all this stuff. Like, no way. No way. No way. <laughs> but it was a nice hotel. There's no way that's all happening there. There's no way. Mitch has a type, eh? No, it's it was a nice he, hotel. He, he, he scopes it out before you. He, He's like, I've stayed at this hotel before. We're staying here. I literally went to this hotel to make sure it was okay months ago, and yeah. it was fine. I mean, yeah. It must have been absolutely paid for an hour. Great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Great time. yeah, yeah. It probably has the same room blocked off for Mitch Davies. Yeah, of course, of course. Your usual room, sir. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte was on my Baker's team uh, with Jordan and uh, and Jeffy, and I was giving Charlotte the gears all night. Yeah, <laughs> Tell, let her know that her her talent level is dropping. 
<laughs> I can't believe she agreed to play the hybrid devils with you. Uh, she, I think she asked me. No, she said you asked uh, her. She lies. So... <laughs> she lies. She lies. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to drink myself to sleep. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> because I gotta play with her, obviously. Because I got to play with her. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> uh, clearly. Oh. oh. You asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Really neat. Uh, is that's Colby and John is his dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's really neat. That uh, father, father son combo gets to make the cut. Yeah. You don't um, see those very often. I mean, obviously, you've seen it happen with Greg and John a few times, but to Grazia, but that yeah. was uh, John's first time playing as well. Uh, he's one of their been greats. Um, one of the top players in their game. Uh, great guy. All these guys are great guys, too. Like, you know what I mean? They come up here and they have a good time. There's no drama. There's no problems. Uh, good to talk to. So, like, I think that's all you can ask for, man. And, and they have a great time. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm bringing more people than Nebs. And we're going to have this. We're going to do that. It's, it's great time, man. Like, so, what was their feedback of our game? Their first time playing? How did, how did they enjoy it? Um, you know, it's just, I think it's just similar to when we go to their game, we ask them like, okay, well, how do you make this spare? Like, can you make this spare? Can you do this? Can you do that? And there's a lot of times they're asking like, why, you know, why do chop offs happen? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, it, you know, it, you know, they're, they're trying to ask you these things. So it's like, and you try to give your best, ex, you know, explained answer. And then they just come back with another question. And so a, a lot of information, like, and you, you know, you try to questions that you probably haven't been asked yourself in a long time. They're like brand new people. Like, how does this happen? So, um, their experience, they had an Airbnb a mile away, so they were all hammered every day. So that was great. Uh, and how, yeah, sorry, how old is Colby? Colby? I think he's 19. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's 19. Bob was saying he was excited. He could drink in Canada. Yeah. He messaged me like a month before. What's the drinking age? I'm like, don't worry. You're fine. <laughs> 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 yeah uh but i think like they all love it they took videos obviously and they were um yeah they they just they just want to know all the information right of how do you how do you spare these like why why do you cherry out a three pin on a chop off yeah can you spare aces can you do the like it's it, a lot of things but yeah they they loved it and they mm. still like still same people that are coming from 10 years ago you know Walt, Russ, Billy T, these guys are all coming for 10 years Mike, now to come to these club tours. Mike Weaver was here too, yeah. He was the first American to make a club tour finals, and he was there. He was, had an injured knee, but he gave it a shot. Um, so it's always cool to see, you know, some of these guys that, like, you guys, you know, you guys wouldn't know to see different players. It's pretty cool. Totally. They're, they're such good competitors too because their oh. game is match play, right? So they, they have a lot of match play experience, so. Um, it's uh, they're never. It's never an easy match against anyone, for sure. They got the right no. mindset. Well, that's the other thing too, right? When you do play them, they don't know what bad breaks are. Hmm. Yeah. So they don't get frustrated because their game is all about bad breaks. So when you're playing them, they just they don't think about it, and they don't think about the score factor either. So when they're, you know, sometimes if they're down a little bit more, they kind of like look at it a little weird because. You're never down more than like 60 in a two game match or whatever. Like never. If you're down in one game, you might be down like 15 pins. And that's like, that'd probably be around 45 pins to us. Right. So 
it seems like a lot more sometimes, but the score factor they don't have. But the, the, when it comes to bad breaks, they don't even – doesn't phase them ever. Yeah, that's yeah, a they just go, right there. Yeah, they just go pick up whatever they have. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes, like, an adjustment in their game is to throw it harder where that's not necessarily, like, our adjustments here, right? You wouldn't yeah. really go to that one. Yeah, maybe that guy over there, whatever, <laughs> that way, yeah. Yeah, it's sort harder. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. Um, so you can see, you can actually see, like, the differences in their adjustments compared to ours, too. Yeah, it's there, uh, we, um, like, I always say the head pin is the greatest thing about our game because it can turn a match around so quickly. Whereas in 10 pin or even duck pin, the way the scoring works, if you're down by 40, your chance of coming back is, like, almost nil whereas mm-hmm. in our game you can be down 80 and you pick twice the other guy throws yeah. four in a row and bang you're, you're, you're tied again so but to watch colby in the shift and then watch him in match play was completely different right because he was starting to chop and pick because he was trying to throw it too hard right mm. so you could see like in match play you know you just you guys know how it goes if you if you hold the ball a little tighter you know how it's going to go um but that was his first time playing match play in this game too and he hadn't bowled in two days so it was like he'd only played the eight-game shift and a couple of games at Hopedale on the Thursday. So there's still things that you're not used to on adjustments as well, especially when the lanes break down as they were because they're yeah, so but, dry. But if they're dry to begin with, if they're that dry, they're not. It, it's not changing. So they put a conditioner on, though, the first shift. Oh, okay. The, there's a conditioner that goes on the Thursday night. And so for the first shift, maybe even, say, five games of the shift, it would have stayed a little bit. You could have kept it a little bit, but after that conditioner's gone, halfway through a shift, there's, it's it's bending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple centers do that here too. Like Waterdown does the conditioner as well, so you can see it. It's it actually breaks down like a ten pin lane. It's it's cool, but it's not cool. <laughs> so if you're playing, <laughs> like say the Invitational, we play there in a couple, in a month or five weeks or so. Um, on the first couple games, it'll be straight with the conditioner. And then after that, you'll start to see it'll bend more and more and more each game. And that's only with two people on a lane. So I can only imagine what it would be like, you know, after a shift of, of uh, 40 people or so. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So people that play lots of like uh, lots of roll or whatever, they would see their ball physically breaking more game after game. Oh, yeah. They could, like it was... they could play off, a, off the ledge or whatever you call it. Yeah. Like uh, on Friday – when we played Bakers for Charlotte, it wasn't moving as much. But I don't know if she was throwing it differently because she's a big snapper. And then on, on Saturday, it was moving. So, like, you could see, like, it's physically moving a lot more. Yeah. Hmm. Um, obviously, Bob being the winner is awesome. Congratulations to Bob. Any other standout, like, standout performances for you guys this weekend anybody you noticed that you were like hey that was awesome maybe like big jumps in their game or oh abby abby made her first club tour cut yeah uh national champ last year on the mixed team and she she um she came out and played and you know actually had a conversation with her dad about this on sunday her dad showed up to watch her and her dad's her biggest fan uh and I called him out on it, though, because, you know, uh, she wanted to play in the summer for club tour, and she did. Uh, but her dad said, like, I don't think you're ready for it. You shouldn't be playing mm-hmm. these things. And then she goes and makes, you know, one of our hardest cuts that we have in, in the province. And, and he said to me, he's like, I was wrong. 
Uh, she should be playing these things. She obviously can do it. It's just a matter of time. And I'm like, yeah, it just takes experience. You're not going to make every cut either. So, you know, just because you miss one doesn't mean you should be discouraged and not go play the next one as well. Exactly. And once you make the first one, the, the second the second one's tough because you want it real bad. And then mm-hmm. once you make your first couple, then then it gets it gets easier. Yeah. You believe you believe a little bit more, and um, and then and then everything gets a little bit easier. Yeah, Sly uh, figured it out. Obviously, his fourth shift. Um, but like, like I said, like that ball wasn't really working because he was laying it down a lot, right? Yeah. So on that last shift, I was playing. Yeah, but he wasn't going like to the far outside. He was playing more middle. I don't know if it was because he couldn't control it from that far out. But then uh, in the last shift, I'm telling you, he must have been on the side 90 to 95 percent of the time um, in the first like five or six games. It was unbelievable. Like he was just side, 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 and he only had. He had eight ninety nine, right? Like that was the the highest sh- uh, f- first three of the tournament. So <laughs> it was it was tough. Um, Lori Folletto wasn't even going to come back on Sunday because she didn't even she played. So our Masters is in conjunction with uh, Club Tour as well. So your right. first shift would count towards aggregate. So Lori played for aggregate purposes. Great bore, um, but she didn't even know there was a Sunday sh- cut. <laughs> oh. And so she had she had plans, and everybody's like, "Well, are you gonna come back?" And they're like, "Well, what's the deal on that?" I'm like, "Well, you don't get bumped up. I'm like, you just whoever she plays in the first round gets a buy. Gets a buy. I'm like, she gets her 550 bucks and uh, move on to the next one. And she ended up showing up and won a couple games. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for her. Yep. Yep. That's great, though. That's awesome. Uh, Jordan yeah. Banks made the cut too. Like this kid from uh, Middlesex, where Jim Thorpe is from. He was on the mixed team last year. I don't think he's ever made a men's team out of Middlesex either. Like, um, so and he made the cut and he made a quite the run. I think I want to say he went to the fours on the one side, Bobby. I don't know if it's on the final. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, that was that was awesome for him to do that too. And he had all of like Middlesex was behind him. A lot of people stayed. Like I said, there was probably a, a good ten people there cheering for him. Um, so that was good as well. Yeah, Robert McDougall. He made the cut. I mean, he's not playing league at all, so. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that too. Haven't haven't heard or seen him in a little while, so that was nice to see as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jen Young. Yeah, Jen Young. Brandy. Yeah. Jen Young. Absolutely. Yeah, Brandon Pike dropped the table on his ankle like the day before, and his yeah, ankle was, was the size of like uh, an iPad. Man, it was huge, yeah. and he still comes he, up and plays. Yeah, he lives up north um, now, but he he was from originally from Hopedale, so he's got a lot of it. It's kind of a home lanes for him. So yeah, to see yeah. him come up and play well. So you mentioned Jen Young made the cut. So 2022 Neb's Club Tour champion missed the cut. Oh, oh, digging it. <laughs> Honestly, just, check, just checking. I just, so, I didn't. so I, I had seen Jeffy Bull, and that, yeah, that ball was not working. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he had one triple in 16 games the first day. That's oh. a lot of balls. Yeah, and uh, I think he might have hurt his hand somehow. Uh, he was icing it on Sunday. Right? Yeah, he was icing. Yeah, he's, okay. it's a, hand injuries are ruining the game. Just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> you need more fat in your hands, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, it doesn't make a difference, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as fat as they come, and my my wrist is not great. <laughs> Oh, there was a lot of there was a lot of first time uh, cut makers this for this tournament. Like it was, it's pretty high up there. 
uh, Colby, Brandon, Connie even, right? Ian, uh, Ian Gavell, I don't know, last time he even played one. It might have been like almost 10 years, you said. Yeah. Uh, Lori, Melissa Llewellyn, John Giantonis, like uh, there was probably over 20, almost 20 people that had made their almost their first cut. Tom, Tom Cullen. Cullen. Yeah, Tom Cullen. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Walker? It, Matt, Matt Walker even went for a run there yeah. too. He's a big, big sponsor in the game as yeah. well and, and starting to get a lot better. He cares. He goes and practices all the time and he talks to me. He cares about the game. So, there, like I said, there was a lot of people that had made their first cut for this one uh, out of the 20 tournament, 21 tournaments we played. Three mats all in a row there. Matt Walker, <laughs> Matt Montgomery, and Matt East. Matt East yeah. hasn't been playing much lately as well, and he made it. Mm-hmm. I, I like hearing that, hearing about the whole bunch of different people. And I guess that's indicative of, like, you know, different styles of center too, right? I mean, you know, you go from a high-scoring center. Neb scored really well when we were there. Um you go to Hopedale, and it, it's obviously a different style, right? You got to grind. You got to pick your spares. You got to make your wood. Pick your wood. It's it's a it sounds like it's a grinding center. Well, I know how much you love doing that, Mitch. I love it. It's so fun. So fun pinning. I love it. Yes. Um, the, the, Matt, the, Matthew Hounsom was another one that made. Matthew Hounsom was his first cut as well. Yeah, yeah. and he's a young kid too. He's I think he's like twenty one, maybe twenty two or so. He's like uh, Jarrett's age. Grew up with them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it was actually pretty exciting on Sunday as well. Because of the scoring, you didn't see a lot of games get out of reach. So a lot mm-hmm. of times you would see a game come down to the ninth or 10th pretty much on every lane. It, it, was, it awesome. was up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't see a lot of uh, people conceding. I think no, I you wouldn't see a lot of breakouts. Yeah, I played, I played 21 games and I think I had 201 frames. So I, I, only, I think it was only three matches where it ended early. So... Pretty precise for not knowing. (laughs) 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 Like out of everybody kinda just looking at the A side list here, like Walt was super consistent. Hey, two fifty pretty much every single match. Yeah, no, he was he was playing great. And I'm telling like two fifty was gonna win you majority of matches there. So it Mm -hmm. was it was he played great all day. You couldn't take anything away from the guy. And he just stayed consistent and consistent and just couldn't beat him. Couldn't you couldn't that ball thing though, it was uh maybe it kept maybe it kept him slow though too. Like cause it, Walt is kind of a rusher as well, and you can see it yeah. when it happens to him when he gets going, but maybe sometimes it kept him slow as well. Now that we've brought light to this ball, do you think Regina watches for it? Is Walt coming to Regina? I haven't looked. No, he said no because yeah. apparently flights are ridiculous, so like eight hundred and fifty mm. American to get there. So that sucks. No. <laughs> hey, t- hey, Tim, was that you? No. Was that you? <laughs> but DK, it, it made me fifteen hundred dollars on the tour finals. You know, I went back. I, I was watching them today because I, I wanted to see some things, and I was like, "How did Tim win these matches?" Well, I, I can I can say it now because I'm not one who made the open team, but Brad gave it to me. Brad gave it to me. <laughs> Christmas came early, right? But uh, yeah, it happens. It happens. Not. I mean, I didn't lose to a five seventy or anything like that. So that's five five fifty five. Sorry, five fifty five. Don't give him the credit. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we enjoy talking about all these events and all that good stuff, but. This last little bit, if you guys want to chit-chat about anything that's going on in the sport or something that isn't a part of the sport, this is what this time is for. What do you got going on? Well, 
I was supposed to call Annette Bruno actually today. Um, I'm not going to say anything sensitive here, but I did see a post yesterday from Tom Patterson about coaching. And then Timmy had informed me of why we yeah. still have coaching guidelines uh, because apparently, like, you know, we might have still have some grants. But what do you guys think about if it was a lot easier to become a coach uh, in bowling? Like, and I'm just talking about for coaching teams, like Open, Masters, YBC. If it was a lot easier and we didn't have the guidelines that we do today and say it was like a yearly fee, I don't know, 60 80 $100, um, do you think we'd actually get way more coaches and do you think we'd get – say more revenue for the associations for infrastructure for future of our sport stuff like that so my, my first question is it hard to become a coach because i don't think it is there's it, readily available it, clinics um it depends where you're at mm. yeah, it, it it depends where you're at i'll be honest with you i have it, it's a lot sometimes like for if you want to be if you're old level one or your community sport it's a one-day course now it's over done with it, that's pretty straightforward and they're becoming we have virtual clinics that are available now so all those outreach places like ryan o'callahan and thompson can take it with somebody in in based off in calgary the hard one is what mitch is probably most likely talking about is, is the competitive one or the old level two it's a two and a half day course or two day course depending if you can jam it in and then cac or you know Canadian coaching association makes you uh, go and you have to do online evaluation. You have to do a couple uh, things through your locker. You have to do all those other little bits, and so it it it, it just doesn't it, it just doesn't happen, right? It just doesn't happen right away, right? Where and it's also on the onus of the bowler or the coach, let's say, because you have to build those uh, lesson plans for the evaluation. You have to make sure you do it, right? Right now. Whereas the competitive uh, community sport, it was cut and dry. It's one day you're automatically that that level competitive. You can't right away, right? So yeah. it's all based off of CAC rules. Well, yeah. and then as well, Tim, like with the competitive course, it's like six months later that you have to do that online assessment, correct? Uh, not right now, three, but you use, three, usually you usually do it in three or six it, months. Three yeah. six months. So so now no, not only do you not have months. it for that season, if so you do it in January. You don't have it for that season to, to coach in that open that year. You have it's, to wait till the following year, basically. It's 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 three months. Yeah, three months between your your now, your once you finish your it, finish now, your. Now, in all fairness, that, that three to six months that that time period is meant to allow you that time to be around those people and implement the things that you have learned in those courses. There are I I, I completely see what you're saying, Mitch, and I I. When you when you wrote it on there, I saw it and I was like, "Yeah, that makes a lot of sense." But mm -hmm. I think two two things: one, if you're going to charge a yearly fee for coaching, you're, you're going to lose people. Um, it's already a volunteer thing, already, um, and you're, you're going to see you you already see masters and a lot of them like if they're not participating, then they have to pay like a large assessment fees and stuff like that. Whereas you see in a lot of other sports, um, those coaches are paid paid coaches. Ours is a volunteer thing, and if you're going to make the coaches pay to coach, you're probably going to lose some coaches in that way. The I, other, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. The the other point I wanted to make is like as much as making it easier is not a, a bad option, and and I I completely agree with that. I think that there are certain things that are in those courses that are important, um, just just for general knowledge and for covering associations' asses. 
like doing respect and sport and 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 those sort of courses um and and ethical decision making and those things having the your coaches for these associations go through them is honestly it it it'll save it'll save associations asses if there's you know problems arising from some of the coaches and um and and it's giving good information for people who are going to be coaching the most vulnerable sectors, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what you've said is correct. That That is true. But there's, like, you can make small things. Every time I turn on a video game or every time I go to a website, there's a disclaimer everywhere. You can choose to read that disclaimer and say, okay, well, these are the guidelines that you have to adhere to. And and those are easily acceptable. You could just say, print your name, sign your name, you're good to go. It, association is perfectly fine covered, you know and they, yeah. Just, yeah they're covered that's good yeah. but let's uh, let's go over a couple things here too like people of age too like you know different demographics of people where they're say 50 60 70 years old and they still want to continue with the coaching but they don't want to go through the hoops and bounds to go and do the competitive coach they don't want to do the online assessment they don't want to do the online uh the online assessment but because now i think they came up with another thing last week hey bob i don't know what it was but it There's came on all five yeah and they're, they're constantly evolving and i get it like that there has to be something there I just think that it should be uh, lesser. And now when it comes to about losing people, I don't think so because I think the way it's set up currently is that people want to play, you know, and I'm not going back to this whole thing, but I'm saying like people want to uh, have friendships or, or people that they're involved with to coach these teams. Okay. So they would get their friends to coach these teams. They would get people that say, okay, pay your hundred bucks. You'd be our coach, but we're yeah. losing coaches left and right. And there has to be a reason that we're losing coaches left and right. And it can't just be because they're dying or something. I'm just saying, like, it has to be a reason why so, Bay Quinney has zero coaches and Central has four and Hamilton has three. I'm just saying, like, why are we only having three and we're a huge population? Yeah. So I, I think I think there's a lot to it, Mitch. Um, I do want to touch point on, on uh, Josh – Leclerc's they, they came out and they gave you guys ample opportunity. I know when I I wasn't C five that way. I was E five and and they they came out and they told me I had to talk to all my coaches that were that were there. So I had to go and I had to personally contact every coach and they just had to upgrade them having uh, MED ethical decisions. Unfortunately, like I I get it. It's frustrating because you know what you could be good. Like Bob could be good. And then all of a sudden, they always come up with something else, right? And that's all through CAC, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's just how it kind of filters down. If you don't do it, you don't get the funding. And it's unfortunate that way, right? Um, I get the frustration. We have, if you guys know, I'm, well, I, I, know, I know Bob knows. Prime example is, uh, Bob, you guys might know Brian Randall. Brian isn't old as dirt, but he, he, he's a good close friend of ours at, at the center. He's coached many years. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He was just over it right and mm -hmm. and i get that right so, so um you, you, you mitch you're talking about like it, it being it being hard to get your coaching for it and yes you're right it, it is. is and and you know what making it easier isn't a bad option but i also really don't you're saying people don't want to go and do those things to be a coach they don't want to put in the effort to do that and is that is that a good thing is that a good thing like is, is it a good thing to make it easier Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Go ahead, Curry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, know you're I, think, go. I think we're missing what Mitch is asking here. Mitch is asking, do you think there's a simpler way, a way of privately funding the coaching instead of doing CAC, instead of doing this stuff, right? Like, you guys are defending the CCAC, but 
Mitch is asking, do you think there's an easier way to privately fund coaching in bowling sport? And before you answer that, sorry, Tim, I want to bring up one more factor here. It's like not a lot of times are the, these level two courses centralized. A lot of times they're in Ottawa for us, so they're five hours away yeah. from Hamilton. Never mind nine hours away from Windsor, where Josh is from. And I know like Josh has brought it up a couple times. And personally, guys, like me, I don't care. I'm not a coach. I'm, I coach on my, <laughs> under my own free will, and I'll go yeah. coach kids that want to be coached or people that want to be coached, but I'm never going to coach teams. So for me, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is uh, thinking outside the box for the sport and to, and to, to gain revenue. So when you go to Ottawa and you got to do this two and a half day course, which is a Friday, just so we're clear. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have to take time off work, whether you work Mm -hmm. weekends as well, then stay in a hotel, pay for food, pay for, and then pay the 200 and whatever dollars for the course. At the end of the day, it could be a seven, eight, $900 weekend. You have no idea. And Mm -hmm. to to be able to do this. So I'm just, I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to say there's got to be an easier, more simple way that the the association can not only get money, but at the same time, keep coaches and get more coaches. Yeah. So, I think, uh, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say the, uh, the comment by Steve, that's like, we're lucky to find the courses. There's been in the last 10 years, I don't know how many times they've, they've uh, put out, we're going to have this, you know, intro to competition course, and then they just don't get enough people to pay for it. So then they end up canceling it. That's happened over and over and over again. And I don't know how many people were in that cycle that I've signed up four times and I still haven't taken the course because they keep canceling it. So having a, I know that you mentioned they're going to an online course for the um, for the community coaching. I think they have to do the same thing for both of those just to make it, it as you said, people from across the country can join in. It, it uh, is. It's, it's, uh, it's part but of like, the to-do list coming up. Right there now. has to be there has to be roughly 500 coaches across the country, man. And 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 I'm not sure what our what our um, sorry, I'm not sure what our funding gets us from the government. I'm not totally sure. It could be I could be out to lunch. You know, when I'm talking about 80, 100 grand. But if you had 500 coaches across the country spending $100 a year, you know, that brings us in $50,000. Can we not put it back in towards, like you said before, development? Or the, the options are endless. Yeah. I, I'm just saying there, there, there could be an easier way. Richie brings up a great point. Um, I, I, this is where I, I can see a middle ground. Um, you know, I, this is before our time, probably – when Bob was younger, when you played the open, you didn't have to have these coaching, right? So if Bob didn't make the team or if Mitch didn't make the team, you could automatically say, Hey, you know, Mitch, can you, can you, can you be our coach? And that's the way it was. This is me personally speaking. I can't speak on behalf of anybody else. I would be okay. If, for example, if the open, you got to coach the open, you had to pay your fee in order to coach the open. And that was that's all it was, right? If if there was no funding or nothing, all these backroom stuff didn't have to worry about. If that was the way, absolutely, I'd be okay with that because you can pay your coaching. I put my hundred dollars in, I coach the open, and that would be fine. But for youth, I, I'll be honest with you. Have you have you ever been to a, a youth like a, sorry a community sport? Half these people are there to learn how to coach or learn how to play the game like i can't believe how like out to lunch half of them are right they're they're there for their communities and they're there for to coach their ybc kids right okay and and so there needs to be some i don't know what that is but i think there needs to be something in order to be if you're 
coaching the youth or whatever it is, you got to have something in, in, in place to do, teach them properly. Oh, right? okay. So why not? Why can't we have, um, you know, again, we do the applications. And then if you want to come to, to learn the game yourself or whatever, maybe the E5, the A5, the C5, they can run these courses if you would like to come to these courses to learn in general. And yeah. collect more of a fee. I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, people are going to pay for a service that they want to have and want to enjoy. But, uh, and we've seen that over COVID. I, I think that's the one thing we've seen is that look at, look at WCBT, look at Club Tour. That's just bowling we're talking about here. Record numbers because people are going to pay, these, pay the money to go to these events that they enjoy. So if people want to go to learn bowling, they can go learn from the best players around. Why not have these clinics that are still available for community coaching and just make them optional? You know, and then collect a fee for these things. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because it, it does seem like maybe if you're saying like a 50% of them probably don't want to don't want to be there anyways. They're only going there because they want to coach their kid or or whatever. But if there's other 50% that want to be there to learn, then like let the 50% go and yeah. make a payment. I don't I, I know. Listen, I get it, I Tim, know. that there's a lot of politics around these things and I understand. No, no. I, I think I think money is a huge thing and time off, right? And if there's a way you can manage both of those – where the virtual clinic comes in, like the community sport is available. Uh, if you have a virtual clinic for the competitive, that makes a little bit onus a little bit easier. But like I know money is also the big thing, and you brought up a good valid point on that, right? So if you save the money on the virtual, that when that comes out, that helps. But I mean, I'm fortunate in Edmonton, we have a lot of funds we can use for our for our coaching. So if if we can go out and as an association, we said, hey, I need competitive coaches, and we've done it in the past, our community. I will pay for your course, right? And you know what? We usually get it's bonus, but if, if there's a way associations can help cover that cost or help make incentive for them to do it. I'm just talking generally speaking, and, and I do see your side. There has to be more onus on helping bridge that gap too. Okay, when it comes to – Kerry has said it, said it so many times about when it comes to Edmonton, and I understand yeah. Edmonton is the num- – like they're the number one zone in the country, man. It, it's well, just it is what it is. You guys are. Fortunate. You, guys, yeah. you guys have a lot of access to funds, which makes right. your upside a lot higher, right? Correct, and only certain yeah. zones have access to that kind of money. And then let's talk about the money and the fundraising that comes forward for the interprovincial, the high-low doubles, the open, all these things. There's only so much money to go around when it comes from these yes. zones. Yeah. So we can't, you know, we can't just use the Edmonton as an example every single time we want to talk no. about progressing. No, no. No, it makes total sense what you're saying. Um, I just wish there wasn't like alternative ways of helping that situation out with other zones. That's all I was saying. If there so, was a plausible way. So yeah. like um, I know we kind of I deflected the conversation away from Sport Canada and the competitive side of it. But so is there a lot connected to like Sport Canada to have those coaching courses in place that in order to get funding like you guys were saying? Correct. So that, like that's CAC. why they all switched to, to begin with. Right? Yeah, that's so why it went from level one, level two to comp intro and right. Or sorry, so uh, all all our all our coaching programs have to be approved by CAC, and what and it's not just uh, page by page; it's line by line. So we had to build it according to, to their stipulations. And for example, like obviously this this is a big thing with Hockey Canada and Safe Sport and uh, all that stuff coming through. That's all implemented. They said you guys must have this by a certain date, or you're not able to coach. 
mm-hmm. right? And you're not able to get those grants. You're not able to get the funding, right? So a lot of it is like and not saying that C5 or Masters or anybody in the or Polkata is not trying to go ahead of the curve and make things better. But it's a lot of it's 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 pretty much stiffed arm on what you can get, right? So all, all, all I'm saying at the end yeah. of the day, if we were no longer receiving those grants yes. and we needed to generate revenue and we <laughs> needed to keep coaches – then I think that we look should look at another alternative method. And you're not wrong. It looks like a great alternative method. In some sort of way, we can tweak it. I'm not disagreeing with you on that aspect. <laughs> let's just yeah. Let's just not yeah. make it jumping through hoops and stuff like that. I, I, that's all I'm saying is like life is too busy as well when it comes to these things. So, yeah. so just a I, thought. I think I think, I think you can see a lot of other things change, right? So, um, and different ways of doing things. If that was the case. You know, and I, and I could see one argument for people saying, okay, well, how come I had to go do the level two and the level one and all these sort of things, but then now all of a sudden Joe Schmo over here can go coach whatever team he wants because the, the funding changed. Sorry, uh, in order to get funding. Sorry, what was yeah. that, Kerry? It was that's just uh, saying that Saskatchewan oh, has yeah. their own funding through Sask Sport. Yeah, and that's another thing too, right? When provincial, from provinces are still ref- uh, receiving funding from uh, certain organizations in those provinces, you can't take it away. It's not a C five level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think we need to keep the standards, uh, especially for, as you were saying for the kids. Um, but even the people that get a community coaching course, they they're really yeah. there's no standards at the YBC level of how how are we going to coach these kids. There's no game plan. I don't think. Or I I don't see it. As to yeah, okay, I've got these six coaches, but I want them all to be on the same team here, and we've got to coach the kids the same way, or relatively the same way, because I think that's part of why kids don't continue in the sport is they they'll bowl YBC for three or four years, but they never improve. So then they say, well, why am I doing this? But if they show improvement, like we all did when we were coming through YBC, this in the game is improving all the time. Then they want to stay in the sport and keep going. And then, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think more than anything, we need to have another level past what we have and, and just actually have coach the coaches and have them truly understand the aspects of the game. And it, it's we're, we're constantly evolving, we're constantly learning. Um, I mean, here I am 35 years old, I'm still learning things about my game, but that's the way it is with everybody. But I think that we have we could do a better better job of coaching the actual coaches so that they have all the actual information in front of them. The, the, the comp intro is great for some things, but it, it's so it's really basically not even a five pin course. Like let's be honest. It's just, it's a sport course. It's not a five pin course. We need to have something, another level where it is based on five pin and that we can actually, you know, utilize them, have coaches more broadly aware so that it's not just a handful of people that could take, you know, these kids that are, you know, 220 to the next level or something like that. You know? I, uh, but, yeah, like I, and I get it. Like, a, the conversation can switch here as well. But it's just, at the end of the day, we need, we need money. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, like, I, I, at, at the yeah, end of the day, I'm, we need I'll money. To be honest, I, I don't, I don't, it, for me to coach, I'm not paying a yearly fee to coach. I'm not doing it. I think, I think a lot of people would, though. Uh, and, and that's okay. I'm, depend, not. De- de- uh, I'm not. I'm not volunteering my time. I'm and not saying paying to do it. I'm not Depends saying to not. coach like your regular YBC league. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to go coach a team at any level, you should have to pay the, the fee. Okay, so, that's all. But, 
Let, let's 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 maybe let's ask the people out there. I'm interested because I know um, what I disagree with, at least in our zone, is that we used to have uh, if you wanted to coach the open, you had to pay for it in order to, to be able to coach the open, right? Or there was there was a fee situated with that. And I got rid of it because I was like, coaches need to be part of it, right? So there we go. You had to pay an assessment, right? So that I think is a hindrance right now as well. If you had to pay an assessment in order to coach the open. It, in, in some way, right? If you're so already, if you're already certified, that's just E five though, right? I depend. I don't know. It, I it think cent- on, central the coaches pay their assessments. Like 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 I said, like so if you, they put their name in, I don't think there isn't a fee for a central to put a name your name in for the open. Oh, I see. Just to be able yeah. to put your name in, right? And I disagree with that completely, right? Well, now, now, that- now, now if you make a nationals and stuff like that, then you get an assessment fee, which I understand. To cover other costs. Other things here, Timmy, is like Dex says, I'm not paying this fee. Okay, fine. Well, if Edmonton is so well off, like Edmonton can probably front some of these fees. And that's what we're using the same, arg- the same yeah. argument, though, that we could be used for other zones. But when I was saying, like, hey, if money's not going around this, this much money, some zones can cover it, some zones can't. Hey, sorry, like we can't cover your 60 or $80 a year. But Edmonton can. So if you guys want to have all your coaches to go coach a team, go for it. Yeah. yeah but no. that, that why? If, so here's my thing. If the player's got to pay to play to qualify for this team, why wouldn't a coach have to pay in order to qualify to be a national participant as well? Not so. I, so I, I, when, when I'm talking, when I'm talking about, I'm not paying a a fee to coach i'm talking about like i'm not i'm not doing a yearly license for me to coach i'm not um i i understand like tim said i understand if i'm going to go to nationals and there's a lot of costs on the associations and stuff like that i don't have a problem paying for that but i'm coaching to volunteer my time i'm giving away my time and i'm not i, paying I, I, sorry, no, my time. I think I, you, I, you're not it's not you're being you're trying to participate in the event it's not always about volunteering like, i'm volunteering my time to play bowling mm-hmm. Sorry, but I'm, I'm being a participant, and so I, is the I, coach. I, I'm, I'm there to help. I'm there to help. Am I'm there I to help this? those kids or help those adults. I'm there to hmm. try to get them to go to nationals. I'm there to get them to try to get them to so, win gold medals. So am I, but, yes, am I misunderstanding? Yes, I, I would get one. I would get a medal as well if I do, but that's not why I'm doing it. So am I misunderstanding the assessment? So the assessment is maybe Bob can tell me the assessment for 05. If you go and coach the provincials, do you have to pay the coach? You pay, uh, yeah, you pay the assessment fee. Like, like okay, okay, so, okay, me, in Alberta, I'll tell you how it works. So maybe this is why I'm all getting confused. So Alberta, as a coach, you you, you go and pay your way or what, or, or association pays your way as a, like a normal bowler to, to go to the provincials. Mm-hmm. But if you go to nationals, Alberta, it's, for IP, it's 325 a person or nationals is 400 a person. They, it's either on the bowler or on the zone in order to pay that if you go to the national level. I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay with say a YBC bowler goes for you to wants to go and YBC coach that wants to coach a four steps team or whatever you championships, and they're volunteering their time to do it, and they have to pay a provincial fee in order to coach provincials. Yeah. I'm against that. I don't, I don't like that. You're volunteering your time at a YBC league level. You're participating to be at a national level. Hmm. Yeah, but I also I, think I they put a lot more time in on their own time for the love of the sport. I think that yeah, yeah, that's a personal opinion. I think that's that's a bad way to look at it. If if I was 
I'm participating with the kids to help them gain their medals and for me to win a medal, right? Like you're participating with them. You're not just volunteering time to be there. But I'm not, I am not coaching for me. I'm not. No, I'm telling for you sure. right now, I'm not. That, so that isn't like, your role. Exactly. But I'm not yeah. coaching for me. So that takes out the participants out of it. Oh, no. I'm not doing what? It. I'm not here participating with them. I'm, I think I started something here. It's supposed to be banter and fun. Their parents are there to support well, them. Hey. You're participating with them. There's a difference. It just shows there's something here. <laughs> wow. We, um, huh. We've. Our YBC has changed the, the, the regions, the, the zones regions this year. So we've had a lot of grumblings from coaches having to pay now for mileage or gas money to go and coach and spend three hours to drive to a tournament to coach for three games. Um, so that's, I mean, that's not something new for, for many of the other provinces because of the size, but that's uh, a bit of a change in southern Ontario here. So, you know, that's another factor is the, the time, travel time, gas money, all of that that goes into at, it as well. At least it was a constructive conversation here. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but it, I, I it's, like some, it's something to consider, guys. I, it really is. In the coming future, it will be something. Yeah. If we have no, well, if we have no you're not funding, it's not, if we have it's no funding, yeah. something to yeah. think about. Yeah. No, we have to reassess that that's the case, right? So, but uh, I think the role of the coach, even at the adult level, is is uh, it's it's important, especially if there's somebody that knows what they're doing, whether they're call them an administrator or a coach or whatever, they play a significant role uh, in helping a team to to win. Yeah, but a level two doesn't determine the fact if you know what you're talking about or not as well. Absolutely. No, 100%. Right? Yeah. Neither does neither does signing disclaimer and paying $100. So it's the same yeah. sort of concept. I mean, I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. I'm I'm coaching the Open. Do you think I'm, I have a chance to be half decent? Probably not. But, I mean, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did my stuff and I did it there and obviously your team thinks you you came. Yeah, and having played it, I think that makes a big difference as it far does, as your yeah. coach for sure. I all I know is that I, I'm I want to dodge carry. Okay, I'm gonna dodge. dodge. Yeah. <laughs> Bob obviously does not need a coach. No, he's right. right. Yeah. But I bet you, I bet you guys, there's more people out there if you were to talk to them like uh, and have maybe five pin universe put up a poll or something like that. I bet you there would be a lot of people that'd be open for it because there's a lot of people that have kids in the sport as well. And that would pay their $60 to coach their kids at whatever level, say in a zone level of YBC or something like that. I'm just saying it's there. And if that's all they had to do, I know right now they get it for free, but they're not going to say, no, I don't want to coach my kid for that experience for $60 a year in three different tournaments or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to say, but you're right. You're right. You're probably you'll probably end up getting like yeah you'll probably still get those those people that are the kids are in YBC and they want to coach the kids you're probably right you'll you'll probably get a few of those or a lot of those people but you might just lose the people that are coaching for the sake of volunteering and coaching yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but something to consider for the future yeah. just because you might you know ruffle changes doesn't mean a change shouldn't be done. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally. No, no, always be considering changes. You know, and if there's if there's things that I've learned, and we we're talking about, you know, like uh, say ten years ago, right when we had club tour first start, I guess twelve years ago, um, you know, we never thought we would end up doing uh, weekend events like you guys do as well because we didn't think it was possible here, right, Bob? Mm -hmm. We yeah, didn't think. 100%. No, we did not think that more than a one day event was possible. You could play Saturday, and you would get your like. 20 30 guys that were dedicated enough or maybe 20 30 and then they go because sunday would be like a 120 person shift at nebs 
right? Mm -hmm. And everybody would play that shift because that's it. That's you only need to be there one day. And then mm -hmm. when we went to when we went to weekend events, people like were bitchy about it. They were like, "Oh no, I don't want to go for more than one day." And then they ended up coming, and they ended up liking it. And I'm just saying that's just one instance of where <laughs> bowling has changed here, right? To show that yeah. there is a benefit to these things. Yeah. What about what about Thursday shifts? You guys ever think oh, Thursday exactly. shifts were going to work? No, I was the first one yeah. against it. But yeah. uh, you were you were against the Friday morning shift. No, I was okay with Friday morning. I was okay with what about, Friday morning. What about raising well, the cost? About that hard. What about raising the cost? What happened there? Remember remember when we got to 220 this year? You guys go to 220 bucks. People were like, oh, they're afraid we're going to lose people. Some people were afraid they were going to lose if we went to 240. You would have had the same amount of people. It just You guys make these changes and evolve and people – as long as you're doing it for a benefit and not yeah. stealing but, money, let, let, <laughs> I think let, it'll be okay. Just, I, I think we're all missing a point here. This podcast is about Bob, not about Mitch. Okay? And, <laughs> and and this has been a long time. So let oh, so Mitch just shut the sit, no. sit, 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 sit down. Yeah, hold sit on, down. Hold on. I want to stroke my ego here one more time. Bob, would you tell me at the bar? Would you tell me at the bar? <laughs> I don't what? remember. No, I don't. Remember. <laughs> he was out no, of the bar. I, I, I thank Mitch because, honest to God, like. Uh, I bowl more now, probably, I won't say 100% because of Mitch, but a, a big, significant part because, you know, I started going out west to Regina because he was going out there and Mike Herbert and all, and um, and that has uh, obviously helped my game, and, and I'm the oldest club tour winner ever. 56 years old, <laughs> oldest ever to win, yep. Yeah, but that's, yep. uh, you know, a big thanks to Mitch because he gets people involved. I mean, how many yes. guys has he brought out west that yep. tagged along, and uh, it just, it, uh, it uh, Mitch is on itself, and you know, but but how how many people out west did Mitch bring out and that have won? Because we're still trying to figure that one out. Oh my god! <laughs> I know we have an Eastern Tour winner, huh? A Tour winner. <laughs> but no, Mitch. Mitch, I will. You I completely agree with you yeah. there, Bob. Mitch, Mitch is what so, makes things stick in Ontario. That's fine. No, no, I, I was just, I was just doing that as a joke. But what I'm saying is, you are right. Cha change is there, man. If, as soon as you can make these changes to be progressive, now all of a sudden people start caring. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's a possibility. No, no, no. I, and I, I totally agree. I love change. I love seeing the change. I love all the changes that have happened. But we, we can't always just make change for the sake of making change. Yeah, there has to be, there has to be improvements, and um, and I, I'm all for. I love change. Right. Okay, what's Mitch, the next? You know, Mitch is Sorry. not the most popular guy. I'll tell you, a lot of people have their issues with Mitch, but he <laughs> he he keeps going. No, honestly, <laughs> like some people think that it, he does things just because it's it's to benefit him, but that's not true. He's trying to grow the sport. Yes, and he's yes. trying to do the best for the bowlers in big time. You know. Yeah. Who brought Bob on? He's pumping Mitch's tires. We're here to take Mitch Bob. down. That's Bob. What's hey? Okay, so we got like what a couple minutes left here. What's the next change next year for TPC? Oh, oh! Breaking news. Let's go. Let's go. No, Mitch. Actually, podcast is over. We're only we're not doing two full hours anymore. Right here. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we're bringing back mm. consolation. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, I hate it constantly. So stupid. Yeah, yeah it's not coming back. It is not. No. So you guys got rid of consolation soon? Yeah. Yeah. In, in Regina as well, it's not going to happen. Uh, they yeah, said I think. Right. Yeah, but they have a number block, right? They, isn't like a number. If it hits two seventy-five, it goes to forty. 
Oh. Yeah, if, it's, if they hit 270 entries and it goes to 40 or 48 or something, Warren's watching right now, so... Warren, no consolation, right? 99% sure there's no consolation. Do you guys like... Okay, I like a standard number. So, yeah. like, even when Nebs last year had 300 entries for 48, I wasn't a huge fan of it, and I told Jeff this. So, but... Because I like standard numbers. Yeah. Um, but we knew we were going to probably hit 300, so it was probably there. Do you guys think that it's good to go to at two seventy or less okay. than two seventy because we get to two sixty six? So um, I know I know Warren's here. He's watching. So be respectful of the man. Okay. Personal opinion. <laughs> personal opinion. I I don't like a floating cut. I, I, I want to know what I'm shooting for. I want to know what I'm shooting for right from the start. Um, yeah. A floating cut makes it really hard because you, nobody's going to know what they're actually shooting for until the first ball is thrown in the final shot. Correct. So. Um, it, I, me personally, I'm not a huge fan. Um, the 275 is like, and it's such a, it's a big number. But but it, it's also right at the number that they were at last year. So, it's kind of a crapshoot to me as to what that cut's going to be. Um, I'm, I'm aiming so for it's, top it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. But personally, I like shooting for a number that I know where can start. Tim, what? Tim, you're aiming for top 32. Uh, I'm glad I, you are. Tim. I usually aim like. To try and win the consulate or wow. try to win qualification. Win the consolation. No, qualify, but you pay the top 48. Like, pay the other 16 spots, even though you don't get to play on Sunday. You could yeah. do that. You could pay them 200 bucks back or something. I don't know, but then you just lose yeah. another $3,200 prize fund. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I just, what if, the answer if you're getting into that many entries rather than. The... Yeah. I'm just just shoot your twenty two, you know, ninety five, and you'd be okay. And, and I don't think it'd be. From there. I don't think it'd be bail, Steve. I think it'd be the other way around. People would have to play to get it to two seventy five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. If they're well, sitting around thirty fifth or thirty eighth or something. But if they're right. sitting twenty ninth, and they're like, if it's yeah, a thirty two cut, I'm gonna play you gotta play and then pull out last second. So when you find I, out. Yeah. When there's mm. enough players to make it 48, do you just say, "Oh, well, I'll just pull myself out because yeah, I'm saving 200 bucks. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll be it'll it's be tough, interesting. But... Like and and you know, Regina puts on a good show, so you know it's going to be a good tournament. Um, it, it but I think it makes I, the number. I, like a I don't I don't think they though. they'll have an issue, but yeah, I think they'll have no yeah. problem. What's the max number? Oh, they went 64 on Friday morning, or yeah, Friday morning too. Yeah, so it's like it's like 320. It should hit, especially when they're showing forty right now on the uh, Thursday morning. Yeah, that's and and, tell a lot. Yeah, and they'll have forty-one for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 I like it. <laughs> mm. Oh, because it's oh, because it's a thousand dollars now. Yep. Right. Right. Now the qualifying money is completely different now. I like that actually. I do like the qualifying money. I like the thousand dollars and lesser for the pay for uh, for shifts because now you can play you can play multiple shifts. So it actually we should still hit the two seventy five because now if you're getting a thousand dollars instead of five fifty, you just keep playing. But what, yeah, so well, it, like it's fifteen hundred for first, right? And then oh, right. Second, it's that way. second to eighth is a thousand. Twelve nine to twelve is nine hundred. It breaks down to twenty five to thirty second is five hundred. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. For some reason, I was thinking about what Lenny was saying last year, where he wanted to have it be a thousand dollar qualifying. Their monitors are really high there, Richie. You should be fine. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Okay. That, I remember that now to keep the money incentives. Um, they should still hit it. It's just, we'll see how it goes this year. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. We'll see how it goes trial and error and then see how, uh, what we yeah. do for next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Change you're, is good. You're yeah. It, it's a, it's a building thing. It's something different. And like you said, we'll see where, where it ends up. Well, you shoot 2450. And I mean, you should, you know, you're going to, the problem is you're going to get, this is what, uh, Colby asked me on the weekend as well. Was like, do we have a high shift qualifier? I'm like, sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. I just, I didn't do one this year for uh hope Del club tour. So he's like, well, there should be some sort of, uh, his dad was talking to me about like, there should be some incentive. I was like, yeah, but he won a couple side pots. He won doubles and he won the 225 pot. I'm like, I think yeah, he did just They're fine. already making money. Yeah. I'm sorry. $100, $100 or $300 does not make me an incentive to play another chef. For no, he wasn't play. saying about that. He was saying it should just be like incentive to be number one qualifier or whatever. He wasn't yeah, saying to play another shift. The incentive yeah. is you get to play 32nd. Yeah. yeah. And that's play. That's, yeah. But that's what I was saying. Is like, yeah, sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Like, I think you guys had one per shift, right, Dex? At TBC, uh, yeah. yeah, that was for well, ladies. For, so. for the ladies, yeah. Oh, they. No, those were sponsors. And then we do have a we have a top qualifier for the tournament. But there was one last year where I got money from Kara. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, it was it was for every shift. You're right. Yeah, I mean it was for but, a ladies thing. So congratulations, bud. <laughs> oh, it's the year before. It was the year before, but <laughs> that was yeah. that was meat. It was meat. Yeah, meat. yeah but I couldn't take the meat home, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> same as the barbecue. The one Bob is so confused. Yeah. They're a British Deering sponsor, but they they uh, have their own. Um, they own a yeah, ranch, and they have a, a meat yeah. processing. Yeah. So, so they they donated meat packages, and Mitch oh. didn't want to take his own. Mm. Mitch gives away everything. Just like, yeah. Yeah, John's yeah. so pissy about that one, I think. It was, hey, I outbid him by five bucks. What did he expect? He did. In know. line. In line when I was hammered, I sold him a barbecue five more dollars and Mark offered it for him. After, after Mitch basically had a handshake agreement with Johnstone. Yeah. Then I was like, how about 105? <laughs> it worked oh, out. Okay. Had to, back then, I needed the money, man. Yeah. I needed the money. No, I... Um, yeah, that'll that'll be go well though. Like so, but again, don't avoid the question. What's new for next year, TBC? Well, we'll see. Uh, I guess we're gonna go by Regina's playbook. We'll see what they do, and then uh, the world change their stuff, yeah. right? Well, I think that's what they did. That's what they did <laughs> for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're gonna, yeah. We're, well, yeah. We'll, we'll experience some tournaments, and then we'll we'll go from there. Okay. <laughs> guys, I, I gotta go to work. Yeah. I was hoping it'd be sooner. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, Bob, congrats again. Awesome, awesome win. Uh, Dexter, Thanks, winning man. your zone. Mitch, yeah. running a successful club tour. Yeah. Congrats, congrats to you guys. Awesome. Yeah, we're just here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> congrats to you guys. <laughs> hey, we'll check you all out next week. And uh, thanks again, guys, for coming on. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Take care. Take care. Take care.